0: You're listening to Blood on the Tracks, an exploration and celebration of film soundtracks and scores. To blood on the tracks: an exploration and celebration of movie soundtracks and scores. I'm your host Lee Russell. This is episode 36, the lots of fucking background noise edition of this. I have an open window, a few feet away from me. I have one fan blowing hot air out, one fan trying to blow some cool air in. Going through a fairly major little heat wave here, uh, late June, early July, here in Nova Scotia. So. Uh, not fun. I cannot re- really record this anywhere else where I'm not going to get the same sort of background noise at the moment. So, And I'm sort of pressed for time to work and other things like that. have sort of eaten up my time. So this is a bit of a late episode. But we're still looking at Spaghetti Westerns. And I do have a nice little list for you here. We're going to be looking at sort of misfits, uh, outsiders, strangers even... Uh, some of this stuff is probably some stuff you may have never heard of uh, that I sort of found in these little archives of Spaghetti Western uh, music that I've gotten a hold of lately. Uh, I've even gotten a hold of more stuff, so we're probably going to go to about four episodes of this Spaghetti Western series. Uh, I've got that much crap to uh, dig through. We're trying to focus on some lesser-known composers here this time out. I'm not going to give you a super ton of background information. I'm going to try to get to the music uh, as much as possible here. I think the big gimmick, the big theme for this one is no uh, Morricone. Yeah, he's off this one. It's we're going to you know showcase some other people, and uh, I think I have a nice little list here of uh, cool stuff that I found. Uh, before we get into that, we have one of our first real pieces of feedback that I'd like to read here uh, as quickly as possible. So, a man by the name of Peter Stoller, some of his work I have covered in a past episode here. It was on one of our um, Alien episodes, movies inspired by Alien and Aliens. Uh, It was from January 31st. I think it was part two of that that little uh, mini-series I did. Uh, But Peter Stoller contacted me, and uh, I'll read a bit of our correspondence here. So he says, It was a great pleasure hearing Baby You've Changed from Metamorphosis, The Alien Factor on your January 31st podcast. At least, to whatever extent, listening to that track in any context is a pleasure. I've now graduated from unknown to obscure. I'll be happy to answer any questions you have about it with the caveat that I may not remember much. This is where I sort of fell short. I didn't necessarily have, like... (laughs) I'm I'm not an interviewer. Uh, I don't really, you know... I. I didn't really have necessarily a bunch of questions for him, unfortunately, Uh, so uh, I sort of dropped the ball there, Uh, I'm sorry about that Peter, because although I do tend to try to do a lot of research on these things, it's usually just a surface level scratch at the same time, it's just a lot of the stuff is so obscure that it's more digging for just the base details, and I try to just give those in the episode for brevity's sake, right? He says, I can at least confirm that it was the only soundtrack with which I've been directly involved as a writer or performer and the only song I ever co-wrote with the talented John Gray, though we did work together on a couple of other minor things. From a second email, as we sort of uh, corresponded back and forth here briefly, he says, I confess that it was my sister who found your podcast and alerted me to its existence. I'm not sure if she was Googling me for blackmail purposes or if something else about it caught her eye. He goes on to say, John Gray and I met through an engineer-producer uh, mutual acquaintance with whom I had written a couple of songs. We were trying to pitch to the band Chicago. Huh, neat. Uh, John says, Played keys on the demo sessions and did a bang-up job uh, improvising a fuge that we figured would have David Foster wedding himself. We'll probably never know. David Foster doesn't like to talk about incontinence. <laughs> Uh, I later drafted John into my band for audition for A&M Records. The band didn't get signed, but that wasn't John's fault. Uh, I don't recall how John got the soundtrack gig, but I do remember that the producers asked him to come up with an in-title song. Because John knew my other work, he asked me to come in on it with him. Well, sure, why not? The lyric was basically a joke about the movie. Uh, the singer feels excited, but, ahem, alienated by the lover who changes radically during a relationship. Same plot, right? And then he goes on to say, I hadn't intended to sing it, but then the producers drafted a singer who couldn't follow my melody to save his life. Bizarrely, it turned out, he not only had the same publishing company I did, but also lived in the same apartment building. He was a nice guy. I don't know if he ever knew I was on the song. At that point, I said, either I sing it, or you have an instrumental. The guy said, fine, whatever. I like to think they were happier with the results, though I suspect they didn't care one way or another, so long as it didn't cost anything extra. I was paid virtually nothing, which coincidentally was the size of the film's total budget, so my publishers negotiated the full screen end credit instead. The song also appears on the radio during the film as by Seymour and the Mutants, which means I was unpaid not once, but twice. There's probably 67 cents in uncollected royalties out there with my name on it, but I did it for fun, and I had plenty of that, so it's all good. And he says, finishing up here, cheers to you for digging rocks out of the dirt and occasionally finding a gem. I like to think Baby You Change is at least a fair chunk of bauxite. And there you go. Thank you very much, Peter. Uh, It was a pleasure to hear from you. Yeah, that kind of... Answers the only real questions I had when I actually did the episode, too, when I was just sort of, like, speculating. uh, I wonder, you know, what the extra details are on this song. So there we go. And now we'll get to some music. First off, we have Gerardo, sequence 9 from Gerardo, from 1966, done by Gianni Ferriol. This is also known as Johnny Golden Poker in uh, the USA, I believe. And uh, this is a super... Early Spaghetti Western, uh, 1966. It's right on the, uh, you know, right around the beginning. And it's super cheap. It's a B Western if there ever was one. The fights are super fake looking and sped up half the time with bad editing. There's a real contrast here between some like really nasty violence with squib work and things like that. And then just all this goofy upbeat comedy stuff. The soundtrack is really kind of upbeat 60s pop music so it's it's a real uh curiosity it's not very good i wouldn't say it's worth watching but it's 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 a curiosity that's for sure uh moving on sequence two from colt in the hand of the devil from 1967 this is by Gian perio riverberry and yeah not much to say about this one other than um i really like this piece of music it's very catchy It's got a really nice little sort of central kind of guitar hook thing going on. Uh, Moving on, we go to Sandstorm from Requiem for a Gringo from 1968. This is by Angelo Francesco Lavarangino. And again, not much to say about this other than I think it's a good piece of music. And then we're going to finish off this block with Crying from a Hole in the Forehead from 1968. This is done by Roberto Prigadio and Walter Rizzotti. And this is a version of the main theme. This is one of those instances where like half the soundtrack is just a variation on the main theme, which is something you would see commonly in Spaghetti Westerns, of course, if you're at all familiar. And yeah, that's going to be it for the first block, and we'll come back with a second block of songs here uh, right after that. thought I had my list all in order here I thought that I had everything in chronological order but I fucked up so we're going back to the previous year when we had already made it to 1968 but we're just going to go back briefly to 67 here for Seven Men from Seven Winchesters for a Massacre from 1967 Francesco DiMasi did this score and uh, this is an Enzo G. Castellari film Uh, it's also known as Blake's Marauders Payment and Blood, Renegade Riders, and The Final Defeat. Moving on, back to 68. We have the main titles from A Stranger and Paso Bravo. This is done by Angelo Francesco Lavangino. Then moving on from there, we're going to take a look at titles, alternate version from If You Meet Sartana, Pray For Your Death, from 1968 as well. And this is the first of the five official Sartana films. Um, the score here is done by Perio Pixioni. And this is the first of the four Gianni Garco uh, Sartana films. He made the character famous. The more I've watched these, the more I've sort of considered uh, Sartana one of the you know the top tier of the spaghetti western heroes he's up there with Django and uh, the man with no name as far as I'm concerned he sort of introduces for the most part the uh, the idea of the James Bondian kind of hero within the spaghetti western where he's got all the gadgets he's got the special guns he's got the wits that he uses to outsmart his foes uh, this film in particular has Garko alongside uh, William Berger and Klaus Kinski so yeah, Garko played him three more times. He was p- replaced by George Hilton in Sartana's Here, Trade Your Pistol for a Coffin. And of course, there were a ton of films that would steal the Sartana name, as they do in the Italian film industry. If something gets popular, steal the name to sell tickets. Uh, and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Garko would go on to like play other characters that very much resembled... Sartana, even if it wasn't an official Sartana film. That's just what they tended to do. It's what people wanted to see. So there you go. And then we're going to finish off here with Travel or Il uh, Viaggio, which is travel, I believe, in uh, Italian, from A Train for Durango from 1968. This is by Carlo Rosticelli. And I picked this one because, first off, I hadn't heard of it, and so it fit the list. But it's got a really offbeat noirish, kind of spooky jazz thing going on. That's very different from what you usually hear, and so uh, yeah, I threw it on there. And that's going to end this uh, block of songs, and we're going to go into the sort of half halfway break here and play some podcast promos and. Uh, We'll come back on the other end for the other half of the show.
1: is Matt, and I'm a humble court bailiff in a courtroom designed to bring musical justice to all. Each week, we have a podcast with a judge and a jury, and we determine whether a song is guilty, not guilty, or not guilty by reasons of insanity. You know, something like, uh, or maybe it's a cover of Tom Petty. find us wherever you find podcasts itunes google play all that stuff just look for songs on trial please okay i love you make good choices
0: okay back for the second half of the show and our first block of songs we're going to start off with the main titles from the night of the serpent from 1969 this is done by riz ortolani you probably know better for his horror soundtracks. And it does sound kind of horrorish when you get into it. Um, this is also known as Nest of Vipers. And Nest of Vipers, Ringo Kill. Then we move on to Heads or Tails. From Heads or Tails from 1969. This is by Carlos Savina. And uh, from what I've gathered, I haven't watched this one, but it sounds like a rape revenge uh, spaghetti western. Apparently this woman who has been entrusted in the care of, like, two deputies gets raped by them, and then this loner uh, finds, I think his name's Talisman, or Black Talisman, or something like that, and uh, he finds her, bring sort of nurses her back to health, and then goes and kills them fuckers for her, I I guess that's kind of what this one is, Uh, then we move on to a real fun one from Marcello Giombini, and this is Sabata, from 1969, the main titles from Sabata, and uh, of course this is the uh, Lee Van Cleef sort of offshoot ripoff of Sartana. It gets even more gimmicky, gets into the um, sort of circus spaghetti western, where it gets very goofy and over the top at times, slapsticky. But I mean, Lee Van Cleef sort of carries this film, to a lesser extent sort of carries the final film in the trilogy. Unfortunately didn't do the whole trilogy, uh, the second one was uh, Yul Brenner. And it was just using the Sabata name more than anything else. It, it was really a totally different character. And, uh, yeah, this is one of the most fun Spaghetti Western title songs you're ever going to hear. Uh, it's great. Uh, and then we're going to finish off here with Sequence 7 from Have a Good Funeral, My Friend, Sartana Will Pay from 1970. And this is the third Sartana movie with uh, Gianni Garco again. And this is done by Bruno Nicolai. And we'll talk more about this soundtrack in particular when we get to the end of our soundtrack list. Uh, More than that coming. But until then, we're going to jump into the songs and we'll be back.
1: Amico, c'è Sabata. Hai chiuso. <ride> Ehi, amico, c'è Sabata. Hai chiuso. Ehi hey, amico c'è sabato hai chiuso
0: We're back and looking at our last little block of songs here for this episode. are going to start out with Blind Man's Arrival from Blind Man from 1971. Stelvio Cipriani starring uh, Tony Anthony and Ringo Starr of all people. Um, Ringo Starr just come out of the uh, breakup of the Beatles and was pursuing uh, an acting career. And he plays a Mexican bandito in this. This film is notable because it's sort of a spaghetti western... Um, sort of riff on the Zatoichi uh, films from Japan. Uh, films and TV series, I believe. But, uh, you know, the Blind Swordsman. In this case, the Blind Gunslinger. And he I guess he's tasked with transporting uh, prostitutes to minors or something along those lines. I can't quite remember the details. It's been a long time since I've seen this one. But, uh, yeah, he's got to get them back because they're basically stolen from him. So, uh, <laughs> our hero is uh, trying to... Um, <laughs> reprocure uh, the prostitutes in, under his charge, uh, I guess, um, so he's kind of a blind pimp, really, in a way, I guess, I can't remember, though, don't quote me on that one, uh, moving on, we have the main titles from Bullet for a Stranger from 1971, this is, uh, Bruno Nicolai, and, uh, this is another, uh, Gianni Garco, William Berger, uh, sort of co-starring thing here but it's not a Sartana film Um, definitely sort of cashing in on that team up uh, because they were in a couple movies together but uh, it was also known as His Pistols Smoked they called him Cemetery and they called him Graveyard great titles moving on we got the main titles from Black Killer Uh, this is Daniel Petucci and despite the title there's no black killer in it. It's just black killer. He's he's a killer. He's, you know, he's got a black heart. There that's this sort of thing they're going for here, I guess. I've never watched it. I do know there's no black killer. There's no African American killer in it or whatever, you know. And finally, and this is the interesting little bit here uh going back to a previous piece on this list We're going to look at two pieces from Shanghai Joe from 1972, 1973-ish. First off is My Name, and then The Departure from Shanghai Joe. These are done by Bruno Nicolai. Uh, This film is known also as The Fighting Fists of Shanghai Joe. My Name is Shanghai Joe. The Dragon Strikes Back to Kill or to Die. And the interesting thing about this is this is one of the instances where Bruno Nicolai's score was sort of just repurposed from other films he had scored. I think there's like some slightly different versions here in some cases, but the majority of the score in this film, and it's a, uh, it's a film I've actually kind of grown to love, it's, it's kind of a shoddy B-picture Uh, As far as spaghetti westerns go, and it's a combination of kung fu and spaghetti western films sort of mashed into one. Um, Part of the problem is the lead is just kind of, he's not very charismatic or anything like that, so it more depends on the villains, and they're a bit wasted. Like, you got like Klaus Kinski in here playing a villain, but uh, at one point, and the villains are all kind of, they're just like short vignettes where Shanghai Joe gets to, you know, overcome them and, and kill them brutally like it it moves from very innocent like oh he's being forced by racists to fight and he doesn't want to have any aggression with anybody to he's just putting his hand through people uh and pulling their hearts out and shit it gets pretty wild by the end the score here like i said bruno nicolai stuff mostly used from uh have a good funeral sartana will pay uh, which we've also have a piece from here and the land raiders uh, those are the two notable ones that I could sort of lock down here and and, and find uh, instances of. Like I said, some of this sounds slightly redone, like a different version than what shows up. Uh, I think some of the stuff from the Land Raiders in particular sounds slightly different here. The Departure is one of my favorite pieces of music from just anything, film-wise. I love it. Um, but I've never heard it in the actual fucking film the only versions of the film I've seen are the 85 minute version and the 93 minute version apparently there is like a 98 minute version somewhere and I think the music is in there I think it's actually at the end of the film there's probably like a you know a bit more to the end of the film where Shanghai Joe runs up sort of you know goes off into the sunset or whatever and maybe that's where that plays But every version I've seen cuts right near the end, pretty much abruptly. And it's a bit of a disappointment, but it's on the official soundtrack. And from what I can gather, it is in some version of the movie. I think the only way you can get the 98-minute version is from a German Blu-ray. And uh, I'd like to track that down, just to confirm. Because every other version I've seen of this does not have the departure. It does have uh, my name... Uh, also known as My Name is Shanghai Joe in some listings. And yeah, this is great stuff. Uh, We're going to go in on that. Hope you enjoyed this episode, guys. I know, again, apologies. The sound quality on my end as far as uh, talking to you guys is a bit shittier. Like I said, I got two fans going in the background here. It's super fucking hot out. And I got the window open, and there's lots of traffic going back and forth. So um, couldn't really be helped, but I wanted to get this episode out. I had a lot of fun putting it together. And yeah, we're going to be back uh, at the end of July with another Spaghetti Western episode. Uh, We'll see what I come up with. But until then, cheers, guys. We've been listening to blood on the tracks for previous episodes or episodes of our other podcasts please visit us at tmbdos.podbean.com thank you drive through